0: Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop wide with the code MONDAYS, that's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. On this week's episode of Motivational Minutes, foster care reform advocate Rob Shear explains how teachers can play a key role in the emotional support of children in foster care. And you know, when it comes to education, you really nail that point home as well, because I know I experienced a child who was a friend of mine in school, and she was from an impoverished family and she didn't eat. And it really caused a lot of behavioral problems let alone without the proper nutrients, she couldn't concentrate. And the third grade teacher, I recall, began to sort of put two and two together and sort of notify people about it. But she began to bring food. And I realized later she was feeding this child um, before classes began, cereal and apple. And it literally changed The young lady's entire demeanor so that she could actually focus. She calmed down. She was, she felt included. It was really fascinating. And I, so I witnessed that at a really early age. It has a larger context now that we talk about it in the foster care context. But you're right. I mean, how can you expect the child to even be successful, to be present, to show up if they're hungry?
1: Let me tell you, when I was a senior in high school, and I write about it in my book, A Forever Family, I had one teacher at my senior year, and she always had extra food. Her name was Mrs. Boley. And every day, she'd have a little bit of extra food, and she would always give it to me. And I remember when my book came out, I went back to my hometown. I hadn't been there since I left for the Navy to do a book signing. And all of a sudden, as I was sitting there at this table, this long line of people, and I hear this woman, and she says, Robert... I always knew you would amount to something. And I looked up and there was Mrs. Bowley. And as I, was like, she's crying, I'm crying. I actually wrote about her in my book, which was so crazy. Wow. I said to her, I said, Mrs. Bowley, you always had extra food. And she said, I always knew you were hungry. She says, so many teachers, we didn't know what to do. We had not experienced a kid who was homeless in my little town. And he, she was like, and we didn't know what to do. And so I just knew that if I gave you food, maybe you would realize that somebody loved you. You know, Corey, it was those little acts of kindness throughout my life. That got me to where I'm at today. I want people to know I did not wake up at the age of 18 and say, oh, look what I'm going to do. I've had drug addiction issues. I have had four t- suicide attempts. I have gone through the plethora of what children in the system goes through. But when I was in my early 30s, I made a decision. And a decision was a decision of forgiveness. I went to my parents' grave. I forgave them for every single thing that they happened. I reached out to my foster parents. I forgave them for turning their back on me. And the reason I did that was not for them, but for me. It was for you. Absolutely. For me. Because once I got the power back, I realized at that moment, don't blame the system. Stand next to me and help me change the system.
0: That's remarkable. And I love that you brought that point up about forgiveness because, um, I've had that revelation, too, in a recent birthday, which we don't have to mention what year. But, yeah, it was a recent birthday, and I had that same revelation that for the rest of my life, I'm not going to carry forward any of the trauma that has been done to me by certain people. And one of them was actually a parent, right, my father. And I had to really make that decision to move forward with him and it was the best thing I did, but you, you bring up the best point was I didn't do it for him. I did it so that I could move forward. So thank you for, for raising that point. And I do want to bring up a couple of other areas because we're almost at the end of our time. And I can talk to you forever. So we're going to have to have you back clearly, I love it, but, boy. um, yeah, <laughs> but, um, your memoir, a forever family. As I mentioned earlier, I believe we spoke about that term. Oh, no, we talked about the term of aging out. But the forever family is a term people may not be familiar with. And that's obviously when a child is then, I guess, adopted by a foster family they've been staying with, so they are now their legal child. And I don't think people realize, because we're with our own families every day, we take for granted that we're born into a forever family. And these children are hoping for
1: one. They are. They hope for that. They hope for the forever family, my friend. And, you know, let me tell you something. When it comes to a forever family, that's a family that loves unconditionally,
0: unconditionally.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what? Right. Let me tell you. I have five teenagers. I do not agree with them every day, but every single day I love them unconditionally. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, I will always be there. Dad And I will always love them. You know, I said earlier about my daughter graduating from high school. Well, you know, those who follow me on social media, they were kind of surprised when I, they just saw recently a post. And it was a post of my daughter who we had a pool party for for her graduation. And there in this picture was myself and my husband, my children, my daughter's biological father my daughter's biological sisters and brothers, my daughter's biological aunt and uncle and cousins. And people say to me, what do you do? And I said to everybody, and I remind people, every child that is adopted has a life story and they deserve to know it. They deserve to know it. And if you do not have room at your table, build a bigger table because my children will look at their dad and I and we're not threatened by any of them because we, they look at us and we tell my, our children, life is about choices. And your father and I chose to put you first and to make sure that you know that having more people love you makes you stronger. Subscribe today for more inspiration on the go.